Welcome to season two of Motivate Me, a show where we interview people who have incorporated a passion into their lives in order to inspire you, my fellow motivators, to do the same. This is Motivate Me, and I'm Lynette Renda. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for checking in with us on this 50-state tour. As you know, we were visiting Cassie's family in Lafayette while we had a full day in Lafayette, Louisiana. Cassie, tell everybody who we spent the morning with. Okay, so we spent the morning with uh, my friend Hart. Uh, he is a Lafayette character, I'll just say. Um... He's involved in music, film, and art. Swamp tours, Swamp boats. tours, uh, and all of that goodness. So just, just to give you a picture, and you can go on my Facebook and check him out, but he has a voodoo stick, and on his voodoo stick today, he had a GoPro attached. He is definitely a character. Um, yeah. Oh, he's also he was also a sci-fi host for a show called it was a paranormal show on sci-fi that he was a host for so right that's another thing that he does or did yeah very well known in town mm -hmm. crazy character yes very colorful vibrant lots of character lots of craziness going on and so we interviewed him and we also interviewed some people that he knows businesses he frequents like the two women who um have a third partner and they they pull their businesses together and put it under one roof to make that happen. And that's going to actually air in season three. It was pretty cool. Chelsea, what'd you think of today? It was awesome. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, running around doing, getting to see a lot of Lafayette and it was, uh, it was pretty neat. It was, I love the business. I love the coffee shop. Um, the food was amazing. I'm loving Louisiana so far because it has not been a dull moment since we came across the border and saw the burning truck. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it's been great. It's been fun. And your family is so awesome. And that was fun to stay at, uh, stay at your house and stay in the, what do they call it? The, the metal building. The metal building. The metal and have an authentic building. Louisiana oh, meal. So Cajun. Cajun meal, which was, tell everybody what your mom made us. Uh, she made crawfish, I mean, she made, uh, shrimp jambalaya, crawfish etouffee, cornbread, we had a nice salad, and she had, um, carrot, vegan carrot cake, vegan, vegan carrot cake, um, and, you know, that was it. I think a bunch of fruit and things like that, but it was amazing, it was and it was so, so nice. And she gave us massages because she's a masseuse, and that was outrageous, especially after my mechanical bull injury. Mm -hmm. Really helped. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was it was great. And um, and then she came along with us today and was our honorary crew member, mm -hmm. which was awesome. Yep. So we left there though, and we are now currently sitting in an extremely well decorated, <laughs> super cool, smelling like amazing pot roast, um, and more home right now. And let me introduce you guys to our audience. We're talking to Robbie and Micah. 
Hi. Hi. They're engaged, getting married October 22nd. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Have a fabulous honeymoon planned. Yes. Miami and Punta Cana. Yes. Can't wait. And um, Micah, you used to work with Cassie in a spa, right? Yeah, we worked together at Spa Isbell on Magazine Street here in New Orleans. Um, I probably worked with Cassie for close to four years, four and a half, somewhere around that time before she moved to Los Angeles and started doing what she does now. So she was the best the receptionist we ever had. <laughs> so that's awesome. And you you do hair, right? And yes. I'm still a stylist at Spot Isabel. Um, yeah, I've been doing hair. I just realized today that I've been licensed 10 years and I missed my anniversary. It was back in May. So I've been doing mm -hmm. hair for 10 years now. And it's a passion of yours, right? Like, yeah. I mean, Cassie says you take it super seriously and you're constantly going to different workshops and things like that, bettering your skills. And... Oh, yeah. You have to stay on top of everything, you know. Styles change, you know, trends change. And you don't want to become that obsolete hairdresser because, you know, there's one on every corner here in New Orleans. So it's like you got to stay on top of it. What What is your favorite part about doing hair? Probably for me, um, you know, the technical side and the creative side is always really great. But like, you know, having that moment with somebody and like, you know, most of the time people go to get their hair done because they need, you know, that kind of like reassurance of their beauty or something like that or they're going through something so you know it kind of doubles as a therapy session sometimes so just being able to like brighten someone else's day just doing what I love to do is really rewarding have you had a, a good failure that you can tell us about good failure a, a hair fail a hair fail <laughs> um like Technically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, come on, we're you know we're all beginners at some point. So the first haircut I ever attempted. This is so funny. Oh, My friend Mallory, um, who I went to high school with, we all kind of grew, grew up together and moved out here together. So my friend Mallory is my first day of haircutting in um, beauty school, and I was just like, well, I, and at this point, I had never you know, cut any strands of hair, you know, that we didn't touch a mannequin. We were textbook only at this point. And I get home and I'm like, oh, I can cut your hair, you know, because she needed a trim. Well, she had like really curly hair like Cassie. And so I started pulling the hair down and cutting it. And then I would just be like, oh, it bounced back up a lot. <laughs> and so I would just go and I would pull the other side and it would bounce back up a lot. And Mallory had her hair like probably to her bra strap or a little bit lower than that. And so by the time I was done trying to even it out, which never really got accomplished, did you her know, hair was... Did you know that you were trying... That, did she know that you were trying to even it out? I think she was just like, you know, whatever. But each time I snipped, it went up two inches. So she ended up with a short bob and she was just really wanting a trim. So <laughs> that was an epic fail. And we didn't speak for a good little while. You know, she couldn't even look at me. So... <laughs> No, Cassie, you should let your hair down and show them what you did to yours. What do you mean? When you cut your oh, sides. Oh, I'll show you. Yeah, I'll show you later. Oh, okay. Yeah, she kind of did It's that. not terrible. It's not terrible. I have my but shoes. You, I'm sure you're going to be like, uh, yeah. I have my shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know we're all at the point where I know I need a haircut right now. We're more than halfway, and I'm like, oh, this isn't usually how long my hair is. But, um... What would you say to people if their passion was to do hair? You know, I always thought that I was going to do hair. 
And, um, and I, it, my mom was supposed to register me when I was in high school for the Vogue program. She was late on that, so I missed out on that. And then I did go to school for nails, but I just didn't do the other half. I was married and thought, oh, I'll just do nails. But I, that I was have, the worst part. I, the nails? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, for, for you, I bet it was because you love the hair part. Right. But I always wish that I had done it. So I know there's a million people out there right now who are saying, you know, that sounds like so much fun. And I've always wanted to do that. What advice would you give them? Um, take it slow. Learn the basics. And before you get into it, really trust in yourself that it's what you love and you're going to, you know, exceed at this. Because if you're just getting into it just to go through the motions of it, you probably won't succeed in it because the technical side is only like so much. It's so much more about, you know, like getting embracing with people and, you know, it's really more involved. So you have to love it or, you know, you might not make it. Yeah. You need to love that and yeah. people. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the thought for the three of us, I know we're all thinking the same, the thought of being able to spend time in a spa right now for us. Like I can't even change my nail polish on my toes yet. Like we just, we, none of us have painted fingernails right now. I mean, we are train wrecks because here we are. This is state 33. Yeah. We left on May 6th. I don't even know what today's date is. You guys said that it's Wednesday. I didn't even know that. June 29. <laughs> okay, June 29th. So it's just a lot going on, but the thought of being in a spa, that's why the massage last night was like such a lifesaver. It oh, came God. at the perfect time of the trip for us. Um, that's awesome. So, Robbie. Yes. What do you do by day? Well, by day, um, not too much because I work at night. <laughs> no, but I, um, I'm currently the bar manager at Bayona Restaurant. It's uh, um, 26 years old in the French Quarter of New Orleans. Susan Spicer is the chef owner. She's very world-renowned. Um, she was actually, you know, one of the chefs that was on the forefront of the slow food movement in the United States, especially in New Orleans. Um, meaning, I don't know if you're familiar with the term slow food movement, but basically it's where things are just done very slowly and very meticulously with local ingredients fresh ingredients, seasonal ingredients, made to order. When you come in the restaurant, you're gonna be sitting there for a while where everything is kind of hand prepared to order. You oh, know, just that. enjoying the experience. It Not kind of feels like the um, the pot roast that Micah made. That took all day. <laughs> that took all day. Yes. And yeah. then the, the fresh ingredients that you added to those yes. and made that smorgasbord of yeah. Tacos so just really celebrating tacos. food, celebrating the experience of dining, um, not just going because you're hungry and you need a meal. You know, this is an experience. And, oh, it's, I love it, that. and so Bayona is a destination restaurant for sure. Um, so being that um, is the way it is with me formulating my cocktails, I like to try to do the same things that Susan does with her food. Right, because you know, your passion is cocktails. Like, yes. And, and I know you. You wouldn't say that you're a studied mixologist per se, but you are a cocktail enthusiast for sure. Yes. Um, I run the bar there. I create all the signature cocktails. I feel like my palate is, you know, pretty refined and I can, I know balance and flavors and profiles and what, what works and what doesn't work. Um, I just happen to think the word mixologist is a little pretentious, so I would never use that for me, but people definitely... You know, in the field, use that, and it's completely okay. But 
Um, it's just a comfort level thing, I guess. But so I'm always in search of, you know, like Susan, local spirits, which we have a good many of. Um, the perfect, you know, balance with acid and sugar and and flavors and more refined flavors, not these big punchy things that you would find on Bourbon Street. More of like finding obscure liqueurs and varieties of spirits from all over the world, you know, things that nobody has heard of, you know, too much. So what's your favorite drink? Like, what, do you have a favorite one? The, one of the drinks that's on my list right now? Yeah, my either, right, either right now or just a drink that you've created that you love so much? I just put a brand new one on my list um, yesterday, actually. Okay. So I'm pretty jazzed about it. Um, it's a play on a gin gimlet, which I'm a gin drinker. So um, I love, you know, a traditional gimlet is gin, lime, and sugar. Now, which brand of gin do you prefer? Because remember, we were talking to you when we got here earlier yes. about how we were at the Rieger Distillery and we tried their gin. It depends on what you're doing with the gin. If you okay. want a mixed drink, then you're gonna you want a London dry gin, like what we were talking about, Tanqueray, Bombay, Bombay Sapphire, Beef Eater, all those um, boodles, very dry gins. Because when you're mixing ingredients together, you want something strong to hold up to what it's being mixed with. If you want a gin martini, which is what I drink, you would want something a little more smoother. Or I prefer something a little more smoother, like Miller's. Um, it's also from England, but it's uh, sent to um, Iceland, and it's mixed with Icelandic spring water, so it really is kind of a more milder, not so edgy gin. It's just a matter of what, it just depends on what you want to do with it. Anyway, so the drink I just put on my list, it's called Gimlet du Dimon. Basically, it translates into the gentleman's gimlet. It is a rise of gin, which is a local gin distilled with rice. Um, Sue's. I don't know if you know, I've ever heard of Sue's. It's a very, very classic French aperitif. It's made from gentian root, which adds a very earthy, bitter, kind of gnarly quality. Um, and then I use um, Amaro Nonino. Amaro is an Italian, um, very herby, kind of rooty, digestive, dark in color. Um, and then uh, lime cordial. Lime cordial is basically like a lime simple syrup. So you still have the gin and the lime and the sugar element, but then you have these kind of French elements too, these obscure little bitter, rooty French elements. Very so fancy. It's just my take on a gin gimlet, basically. So that's what I'm talking about when I, you know, when I try to formulate my cocktails, I try to do what Susan does with her food and really celebrate um, cultures and different, you know, obscure flavors and very nuanced, like developed nuance. To, to my taste. That's awesome. I love that. Um, what would you say to people about experimenting on the mixology front? Um, well, I would say just do what I did and just start throwing some stuff together and seeing what works and what doesn't work. It's all about trial and error. And once you've done it for a long enough time, you can kind of do it in your head. A lot of times I'll formulate my drinks in my head before I even try to do it physically, because then I can create half, I can cut down half the time and half the waste of product that way, because I know usually what flavors work with what. But it only, you know, only got there because I just played around. It's kind of, 
I bet mixed. that was a lot of fun, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and all of my coworkers liked it because they got to taste, you know, every time I was playing something, they, you know, they were my guinea pigs. So. Yeah, I was just going to say, and I'm sure you have plenty of people, oh, yeah. you know, to test for you. Mm-hmm. I'm right here. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, that's why I'm marrying him. <laughs> How far are we right now from the French Quarter? Um, less than a mile or about a mile. Yeah. Like Usually I walk to work every day and it takes me 25 minutes to walk. Okay, cool. Chel- um, yeah, Chelsea has never been to the French Quarter, so oh, we're really oh, wow. okay. excited to show her that because, you know, I don't think there's anything like it. It's like, it, you know, here in New Orleans and it's similar to having to see Vegas, you know. You have to see Vegas, you have to see New Orleans. I mean, they're, you can't really explain them and you can never over-prepare people. Like, you, like it's never... Mm-hmm. It's always an understatement, no matter how, it, it doesn't disappoint, right? Yeah. The hype, it doesn't disappoint. Well, and two, you know, I've worked in the French Quarter for 10 plus years, and by now I'm just so jaded by it that, I, you know, nothing surprises me, but then I always see tourists, and every every day I see them doing the same thing and gawking and the look of surprise and <laughs> disgust sometimes and just, you know, <laughs> happiness and just whatever. Yeah, it's, it's intense. It's intense, and yeah. we love that, because yeah. intensity is passion. That's how I feel. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to leave you now. And just so you know, our recorder right now is sitting in a giant bowl of beans (laughs) in the center of the table. And it's super cool because, you know, it's just one more fashion statement here at Micah and Robbie's. (laughs) So thank you so much for stopping in. And thank you guys for being on today's show. Thank you. Visit our website, motivatemepodcast.com for links to all of our social media for our Motivate Me YouTube channel, where we're posting video of our trip, and for an application to be on the show. There is also Motivate Me merchandise on our site, as well as the ability to contribute a tank of gas or more to our road trip if you so desire. There are 191 episodes in season one, and season two is going to consist of the journey my crew and I experience as we travel around each of the 50 states interviewing people about passion. When we return, those episodes will air and that will be season three. So let us take you on this journey and let us motivate you to take action in your own life. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. This enables us to reach out to more of you. Keeps turning and I just keep moving along